Happy Monday and welcome back to another exciting week of the Rocketeer Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, speaking of airplane nerds from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, I brought a friend. Hooray. I'd like to introduce uh, Alden Frouchy. So I've known uh, Alden for several years now. He's just graduated uh, here from the University of Oshkosh, or University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, uh, with a film, radio, and TV major. Uh, he's currently interning uh, for us in our video production department, um, and in fact, uh, as the time we were, at the time we're recording this, he and I just uh, yesterday were collaborating on an old-time radio project to tie into the Charles Lindbergh anniversary. So we're up to all sorts of no good. Um, perhaps uh, most importantly, uh, Alden is uh, as big a Rocketeer fan as uh, as I've ever met, and I'm, I'm looking in the mirror when I say that. So Alden <laughs> Frouchy, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks nice. for the trip. I got a bit of trivia. What's the... Um does uh, does the University of uh, Wisconsin Oshkosh have a mascot? I always wonder on, on mascots for different colleges. Yeah, the uh, we're the uh, the Titans. The Titans. Oh, okay, Titans. cool. Wow. Now I'm picturing Harry Hamlin, and somebody's got to do that minute movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And the mechanical owl. Oh. <sighs> I call getting uh, uh, interviewing uh, Ursula Andress. But anyway, we're we're in. Uh, we've we've got a different movie here, The Rocketeer, and we're we're. We're 66 minutes in already. Gosh, I, you know, I know we keep doing these shows, and I, I can just look at a giant list in front of me while we're recording this, but it just feels like we did maybe 10 or 15 of them, and I think 66, this is woof. It is, it is amazing. It feels like we're just getting started, and, and uh, I have a feeling by, like, uh, episode 107, we're going to start to feel like we know how to do these. Yeah. We'll hit our stride, and then, oh, closing credits. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to go over and do them all again just to make sure that they're <laughs> right. Yes. But uh, we're we're still in the uh, we're still in the, the South Seas Club, and Neville is just working his charms on pumping uh, Jenny for information, and he's just acted super suave and sophisticated and stuff with his purple tuxedo and uh, what <laughs> and looks like a mint got... leaf on his uh, on his lapel. Yeah, it does look like his, his corsage might just be a sprig of mint because you never know <laughs> yes. when uh, when there might be a mojito emergency. Yeah, well, it it, um, it hides the smell of the uh, the chloroform bottle. Yeah, so. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's when you've got a when you got a jacket full of ether, um, <laughs> and of course we're still hearing uh, Melora Hardin's "When You're Alone" uh, playing yeah. out in the in the background, and boy, how much fun it was to have her on for a couple of episodes. My gosh, yeah, yeah, she's incredible, and she just and she's very proud of this movie, which is it's nice to everybody that we seem to have bumped into with this movie. Also, just loves it. It it, it all holds a special place in their memory, which is is nice. We haven't checked with uh, Jennifer Connelly yet, so hopefully sometime in the future we'll find out her opinions on the whole thing. Or at the very least, as we have said uh, more than once, a, a, a cease and desist letter suitable for framing. <laughs> yes. That's, there's a big goal. <laughs> ah, so, so Alden, uh, with your recent, uh, recent graduation, maybe we might even share a picture. We might, uh, we might add this to your, your bio for the, for the guest thing. But could you tell everybody quickly about, uh, about the, uh, the mortar board uh, on your hat that you wore when you, when you graduated? Oh, sure. So I, um, oh, with everybody well over a thousand people graduating just in my my school alone and uh, the school of 
business, I think. I don't remember what I was. Uh, <laughs> but because there were so many of us, we're all in black. It's kind of hard to spot who you are. So uh, we all decorate um, decorate our mortar boards, of course. So on mine, I have a piece of Rocketeer artwork that I then threw into Photoshop and with a little help from my dad, the two of us um, matched the font as best we could. So it says, go get them, kid. Uh-huh. Um, which spoilers comes later in the movie, of course, and is <laughs> yes. probably one of my favorite moments in the film with right. Eddie. And so it just seemed so appropriate going rocketing out of college and going into the real world to go get a big boy job to have a Rocketeer reference. <laughs> go get a big boy job. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, we hear that line in our closing theme every yes. uh, every episode. So you haven't spoiled the film, just, just the ending of this episode. <laughs> so I wouldn't worry too much about that. This is a, a, a big and unfair question, but as we as we dive in and we'll we'll kind of check in and out of this minute, but as we're getting uh, as as our audience getting to know you a little bit, what is it you like about this movie and uh, Jim and I will each light a cigar and put our feet up and (laughs) (laughs) it's the sense of fun and adventure in it especially being a comic book movie and even in the era this movie came from in the early 90s comic book movies were starting to get kind of dark and gritty even when the world wasn't necessarily dark and gritty and in a movie that has Nazis and saboteurs and all sorts of stuff that you could have gone really really dark with it still kept true to the Dave Stevens comic and the the lightheartedness of the comic, even when you're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Oh, I mean, it's, what, 25-plus years before we hit the Iron Man movies and before we even hit yeah. something that's kind of lighthearted and fun, so they, they really were kind of way ahead of the time on that one. But it's also, I love this, this genre of kind of pulpy pulp action with just a hint of noir every once in a while it just makes for a really fun watch and a really rewatchable movie and it it holds a special place in my heart because it's the first quote-unquote grown-up film that i ever watched it's one of the few films i can distinctly remember the first time i watched it after an air venture actually well convention at the time when i was eight years old and my dad and one of his friends who was in for the week got back from the airport and they wanted to just do something so my dad threw in the vhs of the rocketeer (laughs) And uh, for the first time, let me watch the movie with, with him and his friend Howard. And I, from that moment on, I fell in love with the movie, and it rapidly became one of my all-time favorites to the point that I now own it on everything except for an original film print. And if I ever make the money and find one, I'll probably own that too, just to have it. The laser disc is <laughs> the laser disc yeah, is, we do is know some currently people. hanging on my wall. We know wall some people. I don't own a laser disc player, but I, I framed it like you would a piece of vinyl. Wow. For those that don't know, a laser disc is like a gigantic DVD. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's big and shiny and silver. And also, Alden mentioned uh, so Air Venture and Convention. Uh, just to point out, as, as we have said before, so I work at EAA here in Oshkosh, and we put on the you know what's known as the world's greatest aviation celebration. That's our tagline anyway. The biggest aviation event in the world. And you're doing that right now. Yeah, and I was just going to say that when this nope. episode airs, um, Alden and I are, you know, we're hardcore. Can't. We're in the 18-hour days and... You know. Handing out snow cones and <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes yes I'm uh, I'm spreading the pixie dust on the tilt a whirl, uh, <laughs> <laughs> telling people where to park yeah, yeah the, you name it flying in the air show sure why not <laughs> oh, hang on you know, yeah. you know, Alden and I uh, will be uh, chewing a lot of the same uh, the same dirt when this comes out our, our yeah. paths will cross a lot as we uh, as we uh, work on telling the stories of the event as it as it goes on so. But, uh, EAA.org, just to make sure yeah, people know yeah, where, to, exactly. where to find all that stuff. <laughs> wow. Uh, we are, we're still sitting at that little table, and they're, we're getting the little um, 
we're gonna we're supposed to fall in love with Billy here at this point, right? right? With Clifford, we find out what sides of what sides of Cliff that uh, Jenny liked. That yeah. he was always very sweet, and and that he did these little things. He gave her he gave her like a little charm bracelet, or at least charms for her charm bracelet. Uh, she, you might want to explain a little bit what charm bracelets are. They're kind of falling out of uh, use now. They're yeah. they're that age is. Um, no, I forgot. Uh, Pandora. Pandora. Yeah. yeah. Pandora is a pretty similar, similar, you know, model, similar concept. But it was funny. I didn't realize these were as old as they were. You know, they go back to like 600 BC. And, you know, so prior to that, there were sort of superstitious amulets and things like that you could kind of call. But the actual idea of the bracelets goes back to the Persians and all of that. And something else I thought was interesting was that as, as they're sort of cyclical, when Queen Victoria came along, who you you don't picture, I don't immediately think of sort of fun little baubles when I think of Queen Victoria. I think of the royal we and and uh, everything sort of upright and very stead. But she was very much into charm bracelets, and she would wear them. She would give them as gifts. A little bit creepily, when uh, when Prince Albert died, um, she made some charms out of locks of his hair. So you do with that what you will. Probably well, she she also named a she also named a province in Canada after him. So. Well, that's true. It's uh, you know it's a, it's a modest little honor, but uh, yeah. No, um, and then uh, in 1889, when Tiffany and company came around with their little signature heart charm, that you know sort of set it in everybody's mind. I love a couple of things about this charm bracelet. Uh, charm bracelet scene number one. For some reason, there's something that entertains me about Jennifer Connelly's. To me, it's an accent the way she says oranges, and I don't know if that's I don't know if what if that's any kind of a regional thing. I I would say orange, but she says orange. Just the way that you know you've got Nellis and Claire there who could buy her an orange grove. <laughs> as a as a little souvenir of their date if he wanted yeah he's he's looking and he's trying to be so impressed by this modest little you know i would i would guess at best it's probably silver plated you just don't see cliff secord making all that much money because he bought her the oranges bought her that little uh stylized airplane we can just barely uh see although one day i hope to get a I hope to get a better look at this but who knows i just realized i'm going to be very self-conscious now the next time i say orange because i grew up across the river from where jenny grew up oh interesting <laughs> So, it'll, be, it'll be self-conscious. I'm, I'm not saying she, she says yeah. it wrong, and anybody who sounds like that should yeah. probably be re-educated. I just, I, I, no, I'm always fascinated a, by little bits of dialect and things like that. It is a great little bit. This is probably the wordiest part. I type these summaries up for the for all the different minutes, and this is probably one of the wordiest parts of the whole movie. She's going back and forth, and he's talking, and she's talking, and it's a lot of exposition. Right. But it does it does let us know about what her background is. That she comes from an agricultural family, very California family, growing orange up you know up in redlands and uh and where is redlands do you recall I, i'm the california native and i i but i left too early it's not too far from san bernardino that's oh, okay. that's probably the easiest so it's east of los angeles so you could be out there growing oranges and then uh you know 15 20 years after this movie you can go to the first mcdonald's yes waiting for uh waiting for i-10 to get built so <laughs> i'm sorry you mean the 10 the 10 the 10 <laughs> yes california. i'm obviously uh, east, east coasty too bad. It, well, I guess it would be a really bad drive back in the 1930s. Interesting, too. You talk about exposition, which uh, being an important part of this uh, this minute. We find out that uh, that Crip was Crip Crip was doing some Crip. cloth dusting, or yes. if you prefer, Cliff was doing some crop dusting <laughs> back when when that was uh, yeah, it was a fairly uh, a fairly new thing that started. Um, first time uh, that I know of that it was done was done with a balloon. Then certainly by this time, by the late 30s, it was pretty 
pretty prevalent. Starting in the in the 20s, they would have used uh, uh, Curtis Jenny. We see briefly in uh, in some of the uh, Santa Maria Airport scenes or Chaplin Field, similar to Miss Mabel, but a, but a bit smaller. Um, and of course, uh, you know, by this time, you're starting to see well, certainly right after World War II. This is 38 here. We're leading into World War II. After World War II is when you had all the Stearman biplanes that were surplused, and and so many of those went on to uh, careers for you know dusting and seeding crops and things. When did those? Uh, um, I see them a lot around here. The air tractors. When did when did they start coming around as a, as so a thing? The first. Um, so that all kind of stems. There's there's a couple of sort of competing models. You got Cessna with the air tractor and Grumman the Ag Cat. Which, as some of you are listening to this uh, right now, Alden and I are probably. Uh, listening to a guy named Gene Susi roar around over our heads uh, in a highly, highly modified uh, crop duster ag cat, but <clears throat> the spraying the crowd. I don't uh, <laughs> no, he just he just uses harmless, uh, harmless mineral oil smoke, but he does yeah. do uh, he does launch fireworks off the airplane for the night air show. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the ag cat uh, came around in 1957, and that was. Uh, uh, there was a couple of sort of purpose-built airplanes before that, but it was really the AGCAT that says this is the this is the standard and the model. And then you know then you have things like the Air Tractor, the Piper Pawnee, uh, things like that that really became those very specific purpose-built uh, purpose-built platforms. And if you can't picture what an Air Tractor looks like, think of Dusty from the movie Planes. Yes, yeah, there there were, Dusty I, I, I see There is in the uh, where I live in the DFW area the. There's a fellow that tows a a Geico banner oh, every right. every morning, and he has that thing at full throttle, oh, yeah. <laughs> drag dragging it across the sky. And I want to say about a year and a half ago, he had an engine failure over uh, Interstate 20 and actually had to land in the median with uh, dragging a, a giant uh, the giant Geico banner behind oh, him. Yeah. I didn't understand why he didn't jettison it, but I guess it kind of helped him like a, the tail of a kite. It yeah. just kind of kept him upright while he was putting it down in the median. But yeah, you uh, would sure think that of, the first thing you'd want to do would be to get rid of that. But uh, Yeah, you know. I, he might not have been able to. I'm not sure yeah. if uh, if his power was out. But anyway, he was uh, he he survived, and he apparently got the uh, the tractor, you know, the engine back working, and he's he's crawling through the sky. Well, he's not. Fortunately, today we'd probably be hearing him on my microphone. <laughs> it's <laughs> very there, loud. But uh, an interesting career. And of course, now, uh, starting in the last couple of years, we're seeing, you know, unmanned aerial vehicles or, or systems or drones, if you prefer, starting to be used more and more for crop dusting. So I kind of have a feeling that might be a, might be a dying art, which is, it's a, it's a shame in a way because, uh, uh, because it does tend to does tend to breed some of the the best stick and rudder pilots around. Uh, you imagine those crazy low altitudes and flying under power lines, doing these turns and these absolute precise yeah. coverages Im- and Imm- things. But Immelman after Immelman, yes, exactly, <laughs> just back and forth and back and forth. Anyway, we're back in. We're still still in the Rocketeer talking about that's uh, right. The Rocka the Rocka who the Rocka who. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it, this is when we get the intro, which was a very nice intro of. Uh, uh, of Clifford as he shows right. shows up with uh, with his his subtle way of telling Jenny they need to meet over by the big fish fountain yeah. and uh, and he just <clears throat> a big piece of paper and again like I said uh, offline before we started I'm convinced if we simply send Timothy Dalton some soup that uh, that he'll agree to be on the show <laughs> if if nothing else then uh, another I talk about bucket list items on here and uh, on the show a lot we've checked off a lot of them but uh, I would like Billy Campbell to bring me some soup someday. <laughs> So, so Billy, the gauntlet is yeah. down. Tomato bisque, something simple. It just, it's fine. Again, you know, you think he would have learned with, uh, with Jenny's last 
previous experience with uh, with soup. It doesn't seem to, <laughs> right. to go very there's well. There's always something in her soup. You know, there's a wheel of an airplane, <laughs> thanks to Malcolm, or really Joe Johnston, who threw it. Now there's a note. And it's something we need to remember to ask Billy, and I don't think it's come up yet, Jim, is uh, is that Billy's handwriting? Did he write that uh you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm now convinced everything that we didn't see on screen is Joe Johnson. Right. That's, the, that's yeah. kind of the effect. But we'll, we'll find He's out. He's probably doubling for Jenny as a hand model with the close-ups of her gloves. That's probably Joe Johnston. <laughs> so anyway, but as I recall, Jim, uh, we have a guest. Yes, we do. <laughs> we, do. we get rambling, we off, off we go. You know, as we're as we're getting into this now, this this next part of the dialogue that starts turning into a 1930s uh, screwball comedy, and right. I, I could easily picture like Gene Arthur or somebody doing th- this kind of this sudden turn in the narrative where uh, where we go from uh, you know all this exposition, and now it's turning into this thing where basically Jenny's beating up on Cliff right. <laughs> subtly, subtly, and and his ne- ill-fitting ne- waiter's jacket. Over yeah, a leather yeah. jacket, <laughs> which I'll never understand. Yeah. Other than the fact that we know that thing was so time-consuming to take off. Alden, have you ever worked food service by any chance? I don't know if if you if you worked in the service industries like this, but uh... no, it, uh, all of my college jobs were either um, washing cars for the local Ford dealership here in town or um, retail. I spent most, actually, most of my college career, I spent working in a hobby shop. Oh, good man! Wow! Congratulations! Wow. <laughs> yeah. My, okay, I'm, jo- I'm now. Yes, this is really jealous. What a wow! My only food uh, service comes uh, at AirVenture on the south end of the field. The Vintage Aircraft Association does a pancake breakfast every morning, uh, which for a long wow. time was done because there was no food down on that end. So if you were camping <laughs> on the south end of the field, it was a real long walk for breakfast. So we started doing pancakes. So I volunteered flipping pancakes for like, you know, an hour every morning, but that's about the extent of my food service knowledge. Wow. Very, yeah, so no no soup involved. That's good. No, but, no. Uh, right. I'm still I'm still thinking back on this hobby. So it, it, I mean, was it like a full-service hobby shop and you had all the, the planes and trains and things? Yep. And yeah, we had um, a dirt oval racetrack in the back of the shop, and then on the second floor, on one side, there was a slot car track that eventually gave way to a, uh, a carpet carpeted off-road track for RC cars. And then on the other side was a carpet oval, which we could convert with um, PVC pipes and basically screw holes in the floor um, into a carpet road course then as well uh, for racing. Wow. And Alden's pretty avid, uh, you know, just airplane modeler in, in general and... Uh, you know, every year in our museum, we have this event called Family Flight Fest, and Alden and his dad set up uh, two or three uh, eight-foot tables full of, of uh, sort of free-flight and indoor model airplanes and RC stuff. Our, uh, Alden, you fly the uh, you fly the flying truck in the yep. uh, RC demos in there, which uh, which every year the kids just freak out. You're driving a truck around uh, on the hangar floor, and then suddenly now it's flying magically. Uh. Um, and then, uh, but Alden, in in your building world, I sort of track your progress like. Uh, you build some kind of an airplane, then you build a GB, then you build a different kind of an airplane, <laughs> then you build another GB. So there's there's a recurring theme there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I When I was, again, rocketeer, filtering <laughs> back through my life, I love the GB. Delmar Benjamin, who used to fly at convention, and he flew other air shows as well, flew a GBR1 replica. I think it was an R2. Yeah. R2, yeah. yeah. And I, I absolutely fell in love with that airplane i got to sit in it when i was a kid and i was like wow you can't see anything out of here it's like you know a little little grade school king was like yeah it doesn't 
change much when you get into the when you're my height too i can't see anything either <laughs> i have an rcgb my bookshelf is mostly full of little diecast toy gbs and all the hallmark ornament gbs and then there are two or three now uh free flight rubber powered free flight gbs as well that fly off of a rubber band uh in various shapes and sizes and models it's just excellent are you are you fond of the z the r where which which are your do you have a favorite or just the gb in general i like the i love the landing gear on the z i can't imagine that doing the split like that is really going to be all that good for your uh you know for streamlining but it just looks really cool (laughs) yeah but i love the just the barrel shape of the the r2 i like the idea that they took an engine like all right we'll just slap some wings and a tail on here and call it a day and then at the very last minute they said wait we need a place for the pilot (laughs) let's (laughs) let's give him a chair at the very back (laughs) hollow out of back yeah yeah it is it's a beautiful plan we've we've talked we, we we've talked with craig who is terrified of the of a plane <laughs> of anybody he knows how to play and if he's afraid of it it's just scary but, and of course as we're as we're talking i think dunkirk will have just opened craig's yes. uh, craig hosking's latest uh uh latest big yeah. screen aerial endeavor oh and, i didn't realize uh, he was working on that yeah he's uh mm-hmm. he's doing all the shots with the spitfires and the the bouchons and the blenheim and it just looks Gorgeous. And it's it's nice knowing it's nice knowing it's actual floor effects. I mean, these are actual mechanical effects rather than right. completely CGI. Yeah. I, last night I was watching a special feature that a friend of mine sent, and they were talking about how they got some of the aerial footage. And it's kind of fun to watch because they have the IMAX camera mounted on the aircraft with scaffolding. So you know, just like oh, you'd mount a cool. GoPro <laughs> camera, like I'll be doing all of this week, mounting a GoPro, except for it's an IMAX camera. And I think it was Interstellar, uh, the cinematographer described holding that camera, like taking one of your kitchen cabinets and then hoisting that up on your shoulder. So it's just a massive kitchen cabinet basically strapped to the side of the airplane to get these just stunning aerial shots. I guess, but yeah, I like that they're all practicals. I guess we have to wait till probably next year before GoPro comes out with their uh, pocket-sized IMAX uh, yeah. edition. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. You have to admire Cliff managing to come up with a reason why he's <laughs> delivering soup to. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. A fan sent it over. Yeah. It's, he's, he's doing his best. He's thinking on his feet as best as he possibly can. And then. I, it, it I, never it, it never seemed to catch on though as a thing. I don't think this the, the Rocketeer spawned people sending soup to each other. I don't think so. <laughs> I always just think of the uh, the Seinfeld episode where George is Costanza is talking about being out on the out on the beach and this there's a beached whale and he's he's out getting very dramatic and he said the sea was angry that day, my friends, like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli, and everybody just frowns because that just nobody get, gets why that makes any sense at all. But George is proud of it and he goes with it. I always enjoyed the fact too that you have Cliff trying to be very smooth about how he's trying to surreptitiously tell Jenny to go to the big fish right. in front of James Bond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, of all people. <laughs> just, and, yeah, and Dalton is just the, he is just the absolute definition of smooth uh, start to finish in this movie. Except for maybe his very last scene, but no spoilers. Yeah, you know. There, the la- at the very last couple of seconds in this, I do l- like the pauses where Neville is trying to ascertain what exactly is going on with this waiter. Right. And have, have you worked here a long time? He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, work. I served you last time. And they, just both, last time. they both kind of just look at each other the, the, the way the, the, minute, the minute finishes up, and they're just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just before that, the, uh, you know, Jenny's line about it was very silly. He completely missed the runway. I don't know why the real pilots even let him fly. (laughs) Man, I can tell you, you know, 
that your your blood is boiling at that point. <laughs> there's some, you know, you can fly real planes. Yeah, exactly. There's some uh, there's some things that uh, about which you just don't pick on a pilot. <laughs> She she knows all of his pain points. That's the that's the, you know you can tell how long the relationship yeah, exactly. been going. Which she, she knows, knows exactly how exactly to, how to hurt him really badly. Stir that pot. Yes. Stir that. <laughs> and stir the note right into the soup. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that do cosplay, please somebody should really go to San Diego sometime. Just like the rocketeer <laughs> like, as yeah, a waiter. The as a waiter. Speaking of which, Scott Davenport. Uh, one of our listeners out there, uh, as we're recording this, is uh, is either at or or maybe just yesterday was at uh, the D twenty three Expo, and he's um, walking around in his Rocketeer costume, uh, which is looking really really good. He's uh, he's in line for one of Jamie Hicks rocket packs, but uh, I've got to give Scott a shout out uh, uh, because he said everybody he stopped, he sent me a note. Everybody who stopped him and took a picture had to listen to a plug for the Rocketeer Minute podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> our operatives are in. Effect. Yes, they are. We yes. have minions out there, and they're very well dressed, um, and they're they're spreading the word. So. Uh, so I don't want to brag, you know, here uh, Alden, but uh, you know they've heard of us over at Disney D twenty three. Kind of a kind of a topic and of have, conversation. And they haven't said anything. Just we we've heard nothing from their lawyers, yeah. so that's <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Then. Yes, yeah. there is a uh, there is a restraining order with a with a big wax mouse sealed on the envelope that's just arrived. But otherwise, well, hopefully, there's someone at D twenty three. It will be talking about the Rocketeers. Yeah. As, if uh, if we could find some more out about that particular production, I'd love to have some more people on. And maybe, who knows, but before this ends, we've still got 50 or 40-odd things left to go here. So maybe we'll have somebody on to talk about that. You're here. But stay tuned. We've sort of beaten this particular episode into the ground. But Alden, if you could join us tomorrow, we can talk a little bit more about uh, soup and... <laughs> 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 how to imp- how to impress uh, uh, secret agents or Nazi spies, depending on how how you're looking at. <laughs> so why don't we uh, why don't we meet tomorrow over uh, by the big fish and and get get a little further into this? For folks who would like to uh, continue this conversation, as always, we are on social media. So check us out at all the usual sites: Twitter Rocketeer Minute. Go to Facebook facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute. Go to the big site rocketeerminute.com and you can catch up on all the previous episodes and any future episodes will be appearing there as well. Find us on iTunes. Find us on uh, Google Play. Please leave us a good review on iTunes or Google Play. That always helps us find more people who uh, know things about stuff and, and can enjoy our show. Uh, and you can also subscribe to our daily podcast there and get it delivered to your little iPod or whatever you're listening to this thing on in your, in your car or in your, on your treadmill. And, uh, and get this stuff delivered hot and fresh every morning. So let's pick this up tomorrow as we continue our week here in the in the South Seas with uh, with some soup on the Rocketeer Minutes. So until next time, over and out. Get him, kid.